If you are looking to leave the nine to five, if you're a solopreneur looking to start building a team, or if you're a work from home mompreneur who wants to learn the 20-50-100 rule for mompreneurship, this episode is for you. I had so much fun recording it. I think you're gonna really, really enjoy it. And I'm so excited to hear your big takeaways when you leave a review on iTunes. This episode is also brought to you by The Princess Process. The Princess Process is an exclusive community for newbie entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking for the support, secrets, strategies, and step-by-step processes to start making more money fast. Inside, you will master your entrepreneur mindset, connect with like-minded, heart-centered entrepreneurs, and get the laser coaching you need to set the foundation for your success so you get results when you need them, which is now. My private clients pay me up to $3,000 a month for coaching, but with the Princess Process VIP membership, you get the benefits of a 10-year track record in sales and as a business owner, as well as a supportive community so that you can tap into them 24-7 for just $49 a month. Plus, when you sign up today, you get lifetime access to my Sell Like a Queen 5-hour self-study course for free as a thank you for listening and subscribing to this podcast. So really, it's a no-brainer. If you are looking to skyrocket your confidence, close high-ticket sales, create and develop products and services that support your mission in life, and start thinking like the boss babe queen you were born to be, then go to crownyourself.com forward slash the princess process for more information and to sign up today. Now, please, Put your listening ears on, grab your notepad, and definitely enjoy the laughs, giggles, silliness, and strategies that we dive into in this Women Crush Wednesday interview. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life body, business, bank account, boys and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I am so excited for today because as an entrepreneur, I can say one of the biggest necessities is support. And that's not just having support of like your partner or your family or some friends to support you in your growth as an entrepreneur, but really hiring team. And I can tell you this, in my 10-year track record of owning businesses, I have brought on team many times way too late. I should have done it way sooner. And that is why it is my greatest honor to have the amazing Rachel Everington here. She is the ninja behind the mask 
and she has over 10 years of experience in the administrative field. She specializes in cutting-edge online administration solutions, so you can outsource your professional responsibilities to a professional so that you can focus on your ultimate revenue potential. Like, who doesn't want that as an entrepreneur, especially with all the little tasks that we have. She is based out of the Niagara region of Ontario, Canada, and she aims to manage the demands of both business and family responsibilities. She is a rock star mama. In her professional life, she runs Virtual Assistant Ninja, and she is busy supporting other businesses by leveraging their time so that they may concentrate on building and enhancing their business. And she takes care of all those administrative tasks required for the smooth and efficient operation of a business. On a typical day, she sometimes is supporting one or as many as six throughout the day. So welcome, Rachel, to The Princess and the Bee. I am so excited to have you on today. Thank you, Kim. I'm so super excited to be here. And I can't wait to share my value and knowledge to your beautiful community and just rock it out with you today. Now, I know that I didn't give your bio nearly do as, as nearly as much justice as you deserve because you are an extraordinary woman. I've known you for a few years now, and please tell our audience more about what you do specifically. So the the word ninja basically comes from me being in the executive administrative field for actually 15 years now. That little bio on my website is like old <laughs> for a little bit now. And I call myself the ninja because for my 15 plus years of supporting CEOs, managers, just different types of variety of businesses, um, I handle the behind the scenes, the back end. And um, people never know what actually happens behind the back end. They know shit gets done and they're progressing in their business. So a lot of the times in the past, a lot of clients or even employers, um, they just always called me the ninja and it just always stuck. So all in all, I handle behind the scene uh, tasks that either are boring or tedious to other entrepreneurs, but it's my love and my, my passion. And um, yeah, and it just helps them handle things that uh, they don't like handling on a daily basis because they would rather focus their zone and genius, you know, on um, their business that they love doing just to be more creative and passionate about it, right? Yes, I absolutely agree. One of the big things that I teach to my clients is really breaking down all that huge to-do list that you know <laughs> we all have and breaking it down as to what you can eliminate what you can automate and then bringing on someone like you who can you can delegate to those things that you need to do in your business but really they consume a lot of your time and they're not really in your genius zone so what made you passionate about admin work it's i don't know i think it's just ingrained in me i i'm i'm such a productivity person and I've always been efficient and accurate in everything that I do and it just came naturally to me. I, I would say maybe it's part of genes from my mother because she's always on point ever since we were young that she had all her her things together, you know, and um, it just came naturally. I just love supporting and helping other people. And and for the most part, a lot of people end up doing things that either not because they don't like doing it or because they just don't know how. And like you said, sometimes it's, it could be time consuming to either do something or that they've 
you know, put in the back burner and they say, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, it'll take me five seconds to do it myself, but really how long does it take you to actually go and do it? Right. And it's always put in the back burner. And for me, I, I just love just taking it on because I know what to do. And a lot of people just don't like to do the research on how to do something when I already know how to do it, or I just love researching and figuring it out myself. I love it. So yeah. what made you, instead of going into a traditional like corporate environment with your skill set, made you want to start a business with your skill set? Oh gosh, where do I even begin with that one? <laughs> so, short story, I've always worked in retail when I was younger. I moved and said, I hate retail. Let me go into the corporate world, the fancy like suits and dresses and what have you. And I became a legal assistant for a bit and that's when I went to college for. I used that certificate for about maybe less than a year and I moved away from it. An opportunity was brought to me by um, a colleague of mine saying they were looking for an executive assist assistant for this large company. And it, at that time, the big move was just because it paid more, to be honest. You know, like money is energy. So it's, it was to me, the, the more money I could get, the more travel plans that I can create with my family and create those memories. So that was the right decision for me at that time. And I stayed with that company for eight years. And that was actually the last job I had before I jumped into the entrepreneurial world. And what made me want to just jump in was just, can I say the word bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bullshit of the, the, entre like the corporate world. You know, there's always po political things behind it and, you know, climbing up the, the, the corporate ladder when really there really wasn't any much of a ladder to climb on because you would really either have to wait till someone retired or shifted into a different position in the company. So I was stuck. So that was one of the things and it just kind of builds up. I'm sure for everyone out there, they could feel that, you know, when you stick with a job for so long, it starts to build up. You either resent it, you start to hate it, you start to hate your boss. And my boiling point came about when I finally got pregnant. And we had been trying for six years and I finally got my miracle baby and hopefully I don't start crying. <laughs> but um, once I, up here in Canada, we get one year's worth of maternity leave. And uh, during that time, I really, with a heavy heart, tried to debate whether I should quit or not because I needed the job for money. But at the same time, I wanted to be home with my kiddo because I waited six years for this, why in the world would I waste my time being at a corporate job? Yeah. And um, I gave it a chance. I always try to look at things with a silver lining and be positive about it and say like, it's good for this reason. And I did go back and probably about six, nine months, I was fed up. And it just, the universe was calling out to me because the business itself was being bought up by a bigger business and management was changing and my position itself was changing because I had been gone for a year and everything like all the little signs was try just trying to speak to me and I was like okay you know what I had enough and I probably had maybe one month I thought about it and I talked about it with my husband and I just took the leap and gave my two weeks notice and said ta-ta. <laughs> so how did that make you feel taking that giant leap from this like steady, safe, technically safe place, even though your corporation was in like a whole time of transition, 
the perception around having that safe and steady income is very common in society. So how did you take that leap into the entrepreneurial world? And do you feel that now you feel more safe now that you have your own business or that the, the safety of the corporate world is still alluring? I'm curious. Right. So at that time, I was scared, scared that it wasn't going to work out, scared how I was going to do it. Um, it was going to be my first experience of actually stepping into the world of entrepreneurs. It's not like in the, ever in the past I decided to try to be a, a sole proprietor and then it didn't work out and went back. So this was my first experience and I was scared but excited at the same time. And the more research I did with the industry that I, I'm in, um, and specifically that would be the virtual assistant world, as most people um, call it, the more I knew, the more I, I kind of felt confident, like, yeah, I can do this. Like everything that that VA c does for her business, I could totally do. I've already been doing it, just not virtually, right? As far as the fear of it as I'm progressing in my business, it has probably, it's, it's, it's died. You know, I feel very confident in my business. I feel very safe, as you like to call it, and, and financially and just overall, like as far as time and um, the time freedom and, and financial freedom. Looking at back at with my friends or family who are still in the corporate world, it is a little bit alluring because if you think about it compared to entrepreneur versus going back to a corporate world, in a way they are financially safe because it's someone else paying them out, like paying their money, their salary. They're not having to do the marketing uh, work. They don't have to do, you know, the sales work. They don't have to do all the little things we do as entrepreneurs, right? It's, sometimes it's, it's starting it out as an entrepreneur. It's really a person of one <laughs> versus a company. They have 50 people to support them, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. And then, and then there comes the benefits, right? You got your medical benefits and, you know, you got, you know, the, the corporate job that I was with, they had RSPs for, you know, um, the employees and then you just always have the extra support that, hey, okay, um, you know, if you were to take a vacation or a sick day, companies always have a backup to take your place, right? Versus here, especially when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, you get sick. And again, that, that totally depends on the services you offer. You may not have a backup. And depending on the relationship you have with your client, they may go to somebody else. So that uncertainty is still always there, but I feel like as you grow and progress and you know how to handle yourself and your business, you feel a little bit more confident. But would I ever go back to a corporate job? No, I would scream and cry and kick <laughs> and find a way to stay as like this position, being a work at home mom. I love that because you and I are both in that same position where we both work from home. So I am curious with your little one. I mean, I have a toddler now and I can tell you when he was a newborn, it was so much easier to manage all like the managerial tasks and the marketing and to do all that stuff because he just was asleep on my chest. But now that he's mobile, it's like chasing after a hurricane. So how do you manage your time and your uh, breakdown of when work life ends and mommy life begins or is there just a blend or does it just ebb and flow how do you manage that it is ebb and flow um sometimes it is a strict 
schedule and sometimes it's not. It's kind of like, okay, whatever it throws at me, I'll just have to work around it. So I'll give you guys an example is my husband is a freelancer as well. So when I'm in a podcast interview like this, he is in charge of the kiddo. So I do have that support from him that he knows like how I'm very invested in my business and this is, you know, opportunities that come up and, and, and discovery calls. And he knows that, okay, let me take the kid away so you can have your quiet time and focus. However, again, too, like I said, he works from home as well. So sometimes we're kind of like working around each other, right? And if he has a priority that needs to be handled and I need something to be handled, we kind of um, either A, reschedule it, or two, um, it all depends on the task. So if he has a meeting, but really I'm just focused on more of a project, I know how to easily entertain the kiddo, aka the iPad. <laughs> and mom guilt is like a whole different conversation here, but we'll get to that later. Yep. But, um, but other than that, like the kiddo, he's at the age, he's four years old, and he is still a toddler and still requires mommy's attention. But I say get them involved. If they really are needy that day, um, you know, throw a, a planner or an agenda and say, hey, do you want to work with mommy? And they'll sit right beside you and pretend they're working with mommy, right? Um, but for the most part, when it's days where it's a little bit chaotic, what I try to schedule onto my calendar anyways is the 20, 50, 100 focus slots. So what that means is any time that the kiddo is awake and requires my attention or that I'm cooking at the same time, I will handle the 20% task. And what that means is little things like commenting on Facebook, replying to that email, but that doesn't require a lot of your focus, right? And then the 50% task is when, you know, he's entertained by the iPad and you can really focus on really writing that um, pitch email to a potential client. And my 100% focus will happen on really things, projects and tasks that really do require my 100% focus. And that will only happen during nap night time or his nap time. And so that way I'm completely uninterrupted. <laughs> I love that breakdown. That was such a perfect structure mm -hmm. for how to manage it as a mom. 20, is it 20 or 25? It's 2050? Yeah, 2050, 100. 2050, 100. Yeah, that is just such a perfect structure because I know that when you are, you know, dealing with, oh, he's running around and grabbing all the toys and you're like I have a few emails to get back to <laughs> it's not a full focus project it doesn't mm -hmm. require that entire amount of attention but like for example when I've been writing my book for this past month like I need that hour or two of just no one is bothering me so mm -hmm. it takes the the baby as well so that we have that nice trade-off so I totally feel where you're coming from so mm -hmm. How have you changed from when you started on your path as an entrepreneur to where you are now? I would say the biggest change would have to be confidence. Um, confidence in yourself that you're able to do that particular job um, that you need to do. Um, confidence in selling yourself to potential clients. Um, and just confidence as a woman, to be honest. You know, um, people try to separate work like entrepreneurial life like work and you know personal life but to me I work from home so that doesn't necessarily exist in my world right and considering that I do love my job I always feel like personal and business life are intertwined and um, 
So for me, it's confidence as a, a woman, as a wife, as a mom, and as a businesswoman, you know, um, and that has helped me uh, tremendously as I grew my business because the more confidence I, I got, the more business I got. The more confidence I built up, the more that my team can actually depend on me and come back to me and approach me. Um, and same with goes with anything else too, as far as, you know, um, having your, your child with you, you know, confidence that he's okay and you're doing your best at all times being a mom and not having that guilt mom feeling. And then the confidence in you being a wife that you are still also working on your relationship with your husband or your significant other, you know, that you're still building that up too while you're building a business. A hundred percent. Like I love the fact that you have touched on mom guilt. So I want to go there because <laughs> it, it can feel so overwhelmingly real at times. And we all know fear is a liar, but it is a tricky liar to, to scoot around sometimes. Mm -hmm. when you get trapped into that space of mom guilt. So what are some of your strategies or techniques or tools that you use when you catch that that fear-based mindset? Because all guilt is, it's just kind of living in the past where you're thinking something that's, you're focused on some past event and fear is future focus. So it lives somewhere in between of the scale of negative emotions. So what tools do you use to be able to quickly shift back into being present focused and on the task at hand or on the child at hand. Yes. So yes, definitely that's real. And I don't think it's a never ending journey. I think just entrepreneurship with the fear of your business going down or, you know, scaling, I think it's just, that's just how the, the um, entrepreneurial world is. It's just a roller coaster ride. Right. So I don't think it, I don't believe when people say they've completely eliminated mom guilt or the fear of X. You know, I think you're a completely huge liar if you actually do say that. <laughs> Anytime you're going to any next level, there will always be fear. Exactly. It's, it's like a prerequisite. It's a prerequisite. It just lets you know that you're striving for something greater. Absolutely. And so for the mom guilt, there's two things that I really have put into place for the last um, six months and because I really did start to feel it in the beginning of last year and because I was working really hard and really like in, in this um, uh, point in my business where I was trying to pivot and a lot of my focus time was being locked up in my office and really you know changing and rebranding and focusing on clients and making sure that they were happy and I did start feeling the mom guilt like I could hear my husband and my kid with their laughters downstairs and you're kind of like why am I not down there, you know? And so um, what I've found that worked for me was meditating, meditating first thing in the morning. And I know it's also for self-care, but to me, it's also putting out intentions out there for myself, right? So it's like little reminders, reminders I put into my meditation practice. So remind myself why I'm doing this, remind myself that why I'm working the relationship with my husband, remind myself why I want to be a good mom and be present with my kid, um, remind myself, you know, to take care of myself, because if you don't take care of yourself, then you're really not taking care of your family, right? And, um, you know, happy wife, happy life, right? Same as being a mommy. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone's created like the rhyme to the, the mommy portion, but it's the same goes for everything like that. And 
Um, so I always kind of keep myself like, okay, let me remind myself that I'm doing all this. The time away spent for my kid is because I'm, I'm trying to create a lifestyle that I hope to build and create more of that time freedom that maybe five years from now we can escape and go to Disney World for a full month without even having to, me log into my laptop. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so little things like that, I would remind my bigger goals, right? And really, I'm in the present moment of taking the baby steps to get there, right? The second tool that I use is my Google Calendar. My Google Calendar is my lifeline other than my actual phone. <laughs> without it, I'd be lost. So. I intentionally write on my Google Calendar the time slot where it says family time. So if I know that it's going to be a chaotic day, usually I try to end my days at 3 p.m. my time. And if I know it's a chaotic day and that there's a project I'm working on, I really try to limit it to like 4 or 5 and write it on my Google Calendar. Okay, 5 o'clock, cut it out. Too bad if you don't finish, you know. And I think that has helped because I have my iPad too and that has my Google Calendar like at all times. So when I continuously look at my laptop and working on my monitors, I'm also looking at my iPad and that kind of just sends me a little reminder, like you're cutting it close, you're one hour before family time, wrap it up, you know? <laughs> so that has helped with the mom guilt as far as that allows me to remind me, again, be present, cut the you know working time and go downstairs and even for like an hour to spend with the family whether that's watching tv or cooking time with them and that has just worked and even multitasking with family as well and what i mean by that is if i'm cooking the kiddo kind of joins me in the cooking or his little pretend kitchen you know so that's to me mommy and, and kiddo time right so those are the two major things that has helped me and and i always advise people when they try to implement something that would allow them to do whatever. Don't try to implement too much, right? Bring it in one at a time. So what I started off was meditating and then just making sure I was kept looking at my Google Calendar to be present. I love what you said about scheduling the family time. One of my mentors, Ed Milet, I was listening to his podcast and he said something that just, it was like, it blew my mind mm -hmm. because I was already doing it naturally, but having that that sort of reaffirmation of we schedule our work appointments for the things that are important in our work and in our business. Why are we not doing the same for our family? Like my kids' gymnastics classes are sacred, 100% <laughs> mommy and me time. There is like those hours in the day are just blocked out. That is us going to gymnastics. My phone is away sometimes I'll film him but that's it doesn't I'm not on it yes it's, just, it's really spending that quality time and both my husband and I have an agreement that at least for one hour a day we will focus on with Declan with no phones no computers it's a hundred percent him yes unless we're, our phones are playing music that's the only thing. <laughs> that's <laughs> you but I mean we're not yeah, on them. It's it's showing him that he is the most important person in mm -hmm. that moment and really embedding that. So I love the fact that you touched on morning routines. I think that morning routines are essential for mompreneurs. Just absolutely essential. When I moved from getting pregnant 
uh, from pregnancy, giving birth, and then got back into my morning routine. It was like the skies opened up, the rainbows <laughs> shone down. It was glorious because mm-hmm. those hour, that hour or 45 minutes or however long you take is sacred. So can you touch on more of your morning routine aside from just the meditation? Oh, gosh. So for my morning routine, other than my meditation, I do try to work out. It doesn't happen all the time um, because sometimes it's like, hmm, sleeping a little bit. And I'm being honest here, sleeping a little bit or working out. And you sometimes just have to listen to your body. Um, Not everybody, I know everyone talks about this in the online world. It's like you have to stay with a strict routine and you have to do this and you have to do that. Do what works for you right? If your body is telling you you're super tired and you need that extra Z, do so, you know, if that, if you know that's going to make you happy when you wake up, right? So for me, it is try to put some workout in and my workout is not aggressive. It is not, I'm not trying to be, you know, join the Olympics or anything. It is either just yoga or um, I have an app and they're actually the, the tone it up girls. I don't know if you've heard Mm -hmm. of them, but they have an app. Their, their workout is literally 25 to 30 minutes and it's just done. You know, I'm not, it's a good workout and you sweat um, and you just feel energized to like, okay, I got that done. Um, and just to backtrack a little too, for my morning routine, I always have to make my bed. <laughs> yes. It is the first task I have to do before anything else because I feel like it's the task that just got me to accomplish one little thing and then that just sets me up for the rest of the other tasks I need to do that morning. (laughs) So I'll get up, make my bed, do my meditation. Um, By that time, sometimes it's not a full meditation because the kiddo wakes up, but yeah, he'll try to do the workout with me as well. Then we'll have some breakfast. Um, and while during the breakfast, while I'm having my coffee, that's when I'm checking my email on my phone. So, um, and usually my husband and my kiddo too, they're doing their own little thing as well. The kiddo is playing or he's eating his breakfast Mm -hmm. and same with my husband, drinking his coffee, checking his emails. Um, so by that time, once I kind of scroll through what my day is looking like, I'll turn that off, spend another hour with the kiddo playing whatever he wants to do, whether that's his... Jurassic Park dinosaurs or playing, you know, those uh, little game boards that he has. Um, and then afterwards, that's when I walk up to my office. And that's when this, the day starts for myself. So um, in between there, I do kind of have a timer also on my, on my, either on my Fitbit or my phone to say, give yourself a 15-minute break every hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. That is such a key high-performance productivity tip is to give yourself that break time in between hours of sitting. You want to move your muscles because motion is lotion for the joints, as I say. (laughs) We're just going to keep putting all these rhymes in here. (laughs) I just throw them out there. It just keeps coming. Um, I'm a rapper, not a napper. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How would you say that being a woman has helped your career and how would you, as an entrepreneur, and how would you say it has hindered your progress? If, um, if at all. As an entrepreneur, or do you mean just in general? In general. Okay. Um, I would say for, so let me go back to the, back to the corporate world, the nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, as a woman, like any woman who has, I've always known when I was a kid, I was made for more. What that more was, I never knew, right? So you just kind of go with the flow, go with life. 
And um, back in the corporate world, I've always been driven and motivated. And I knew I always started like from the bottom or always been an executive assistant or assistant or support, however you want to call it. But I still always wanted to climb up the corporate ladder. And, um, and for me as an executive assistant, it's more with, when it comes to climbing up the ladder, it could be just moving from support to a different department or just different support with different, um, different big wigs. You know, it could be the manager, it could be the VP or the president next time, right? Um, but I always felt like it did hinder me just because um, the last corporate job I had was dominated by males, right? So in a way, I would, my personal opinion, that men would look at a woman and think that they don't know enough, know enough about the industry, know enough about whatever X or the equipment or accounting, whatever the case may be. And um, so that kind of sucked. And I think that was too, that just kind of bundled up with the, the, the whole, I can't climb the corporate ladder, I'm stuck type of mentality. Yeah, that's and, story. And yeah, that kind of pushed me out the door. And so, um, and as far as entrepreneur, um, it has, I feel like with the, the clients that I've worked with, which has been mostly women, has really been amazing because the, the female energy, we just mm -hmm. know it, we have it. And I feel like that's always been a positive note because I work with women for the most part. And um, a lot of business women do want a woman as a support. So that has been doing very well. And I think that's the positive side of, for being a woman is because women are looking for other women to support, right? Yeah, for that um, Yes, definitely yeah. the community. And I think just to the, just the, the mindset or the same mentality, you know, like mm -hmm. they always say in science, like you know, women, they're very like organized and they can see like all the little micro details versus a man sees more of a bigger picture and they just more like, oh, let's just get it done. Forget about the details. Mm -hmm. <laughs> both so, are important. <laughs> yeah, so both super important. Um, and I think that's how to me anyways, as far as my relationship with my husband, that works well. He sees more of a bigger picture. I see all the micro details, right? Mm -hmm. And that balances out, yin and yang. And, um, but I have for the last couple of months also have taken on male clients. And I don't think that has really necessarily hindered me. I think um, in my industry, in my position, they're used to that idea anyways, right? Like if you go back to the old school days, who was usually the secretary, as they called it back then. <laughs> it was a woman for the most part, right? So I don't think it was more like, oh, I'm not going to hire her as a VA. You know, she wouldn't know. They're just kind of used to, yes, having more of a female energy supporting them, right? Um, and I know someone has asked the other day, too, why I decided to take on male clients. And I think it just depends on the client. You know, it's not necessarily like I refuse to work with males or anything. It just happens to be that I just, I gravitate more towards women. But um, I have run into two male clients and they're amazing clients. And I realized with working with them too, that I do need that balance. I'm a Gemini. So I do need the male energy as well because the male energy is different from a woman energy. Nothing good or bad, just you just get a different vibe, yeah. And it just gives you a different motivation. It gives you a different perspective. And um, yeah, so I don't think it has really hindered me except for the corporate world being a woman. Mm -hmm. So what is one quality that men in your industry uh, as assistants, there are multiple virtual assistants around the world, 
um, thanks to many services. So what is one quality that men in your industry could learn from women? Uh, be detailed and think ahead of in, in the game. So what I mean by that, um, a lot of men I feel like are more focused, more focused on the now, like let's deal with the problem now versus women. They're kind of like planning and pre-planning. And I think that's just in our genes, even especially if you're a mom, <laughs> you just plan, plan, plan. And, um, and I had run into, you know, had a little quick chats on a few male virtual assistants as well. And I think it was just more, yes, being um, very well aware of their clients and their needs and being two steps ahead of them, mm -hmm. right? So an example would be, okay, you're booking a flight for a client, but, and for most people they say, okay, done, book the flight. But a very good virtual assistant, whether male or female, they would be two steps ahead and say, hey, by the way, when you land, a car limo is going to be waiting there for you and it's going to take you straight to your hotel. And when you get to your hotel, this is, you know, dinner is already reserved for you at the restaurant. You know, so you already thought of things that the client wouldn't even think about. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. And the luxury of, of having somebody think in that advanced two steps, three steps, four steps in advance. I mean, I know as a mom, and I'm sure you do as well, like just going out for a simple walk, it's like, okay, let's look at the weather. Let's, <laughs> let's plan, like, will he need a diaper change possibly? Well, like, mm -hmm. should I add a sweater, maybe a blanket if we're going to be out that start? So there's all those other little steps that you want to definitely add in. So who would you say is your female role model? Oh, gosh. Um... Back then, I didn't really have much of anybody to really look at, to be honest. I know I know people usually say they're moms, and at a point, yes, my mom, because I know that she's, she, to her, I look at her as like she did whatever she could for her family, and I, I think that's where the drive comes from when it comes to my family, that I do everything for my family. Um, but as far as like entrepreneur, um, back then when I was little, I really looked up at the Olsen twins and Victoria Beckham. And the reason why I looked up to them was because they came from a TV or a girl group and they shifted and did what they wanted to do. They owned their own power. And not only that, nowadays when you look at them, they're, they're owning multiple different types of businesses, right? Yeah. Um, as far as like women now in my industry or the online world, <laughs> all the women <laughs> that I meet in Facebook groups, you, um, just every female client, my, my clients' clients, if I know they're totally rocking it and they're putting the effort and the energy into building something that is their dream and their goal, like I get excited for them. I genuinely do, you know, and um, I don't know if your, your um, you know, audience knows too, like you, you, um, had joined when I met you you were like eight months pregnant wasn't it yeah and like you were about to pop and yet yep. here you are we're building a business and I'm like wow like that was I would have never done it that's the truth like if I were if I had been in your position I would have been I'm so tired my feet hurt I can't think about a business leave me alone <laughs> backstory um, as many of you know, when I was about seven or eight months pregnant, I enrolled in a business coach, a six month long business coaching program where the coach, Rachel was actually the assistant for the coach. 
And it was such um, an interesting experience because everybody was looking at me like I was absolutely nuts. And <laughs> at the same time, I knew the reason why I signed up for this program was I knew that I needed some sort of female community to carry me into motherhood or else I would get, I would rest on like, oh, I'm tired. My back hurts. Like, <laughs> this baby's kid, like butt is up in my rib cage and it's bothering me. And I'd much rather like not work on my business and yeah. just deal with this whole like butt situation that's in my rib cage. But <laughs> instead I had this group of like 30 or something women just driving me forward and, be and believing in me and cheering me on so that it made, it made progressing my business so much easier surrounding myself with those cheerleaders. Absolutely. So I love that you touched on that your drive comes from your family. So when you're feeling those days where you're not really feeling very motivated or because we all have them and those days where you're like, oh my gosh, I'd much rather just play with my kid than like <laughs> deal with this client who's got this project and he's got this thing and it's like bothering. So how do you tap back into that why? How do you tap back into that drive? I honestly just walk away. I walk away. If I'm here and I know I've spent X amount of time or whatever hell has broken loose with a client, I just walk away from my desk. And luckily for me, my, de my office is separated from the main floor. So I'm able to just leave it behind, right? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I sit on the couch, I grab a snack, I grab my coffee, and I sit there and watch my kid or we sit there and watch TV. And that's me, even if we're not talking, we're not playing, just being in that same room with my family just calms me, right? And when I watch my kiddo, I will remind myself again, this is the reason why I'm doing it, right? And then all the dreams and, and the hopes and the dreams for your kid and for yourself and your family kind of starts to appear, right? Um, I feel that I'm very um, empathetic to anyone's emotions as well. So that walk away time is very important to me because I can easily feel all that negative energy if there was any negative energy, right? But yes, I, I to get me back into that groove, I just... I just walk away. I just spend that moment, even if it's 15 minutes, just to be with my family and enjoy a yummy cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> just grateful. Um, another thing that I do that I forgot to mention as far as my morning routine too, I do journal. And um, I have a paper agenda as well. And each day I write what I'm grateful for. And that, again, also reminds me why I'm doing this. Right. So even in the moments that I do walk away and spend time with my family, having my coffee in the living room, I go back through my list. I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful that I get to work at home. I'm grateful that for this miracle baby, I'm grateful I get to play Play-Doh at like two o'clock in the afternoon just because I can. Yeah, it's so fun. It's like, oh, I'll just, you know, we'll turn on some music and we'll just dance at, you know, 11 o'clock. I'm like, everybody else is doing this commuting thing, and I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that you tapped into, like, your, your drive and your why and why you're doing this, and you talked about, you touched on your dreams. So does your, did your five-year-old self ever see you doing what you're doing now? You know, uh, for me, it was my dream when I was younger, and you would picture like how you would look like when you're older and as an adult. For me, where I saw myself was 
um, more of, yes, like up-leveled. But I saw in that time, I, my dream was like being in a corporate world. I was the CEO of that corporation or I was the president of that corporation, right? But obviously the universe of God had different plans for me. Same, similar dream, goal, you know, I am at that higher power of myself. You are the not CEO. in a corporate job. <laughs> yeah, you just own the corporation exactly. instead of working for another one. Exactly, exactly. So, and that, again, just reminds myself when, when I was younger and said, like, I was made for something big or something more. It's kind of like, is this it? And then you, you get to that point and you're like, okay, there has to be more now. Now that I reached this, like, I feel like there's never really an end to reaching something. So once you get there, there's another thing that you need to reach, right? Absolutely. That's why you always want to be celebrating the process, celebrating those little wins. So since there is always more, if you like could manifest five years from now, what does that more look like for you? Oh, my goodness. So there's two things. So travel has always been my big thing. We never did it when I was younger, just because the way, you know, my to my parents, they immigrated from the Philippines. So they really didn't have much. And they just worked their asses to the bone. So just to give us a better life. So we really didn't have that much um, activities or experiences as far as like traveling the world or anything like that. So I made it my mission basically to be able to do that five years from now where we get to travel to Thailand or the Maldives and sit on the beach absolutely doing nothing except drinking cocktails, <laughs> you know, or Disney World and act like a child as if there was no tomorrow, you know. Yes. <laughs> So definitely travel is the, the biggest thing as, as far as like my goal or my purpose is to have that experience with my family and then give my child that experience that I didn't have when I was younger. I love that. That's one of the, the big drivers that Spike and I created when we first started talking about children because he is older than I am and he'd never thought about having children until I kind of came along and forced the idea on him <laughs> and said, this is a non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. um, and we just started dreaming about how we'd want to live, and travel was always the big push, the big one. So let's do some amazing rapid fire of questions and just get into it. So, okay, I feel, I feel like I'm in the episode of Family Feud now. <laughs> Oh. So, if you could be any female character in a movie or a book, who would you be and why? Oh, gosh. Uh, She-Ra, because she was the cartoon I had looked up to when I was younger. <laughs> if you were the queen of the country, what would be your prime focus? Like, you're a queen of Canada. <laughs> if I was the queen of Canada, my primary focus was to eliminate... Um, uh, I don't know what, what it would call the, um, make sure that nobody was homeless. So if you were, a, uh, if your palace had a cursed star, how much money would you have to put in on a daily basis? If my, if my palace was what? If your palace had a cursed star, how much money would you have to put into it on a daily basis? <laughs> okay. If I really was allowed to curse in front of my child and made sure that he wasn't going to copy me afterwards, then probably $10,000. <laughs> so, what woman would you want to trade places with just for a day? Oh, um, it would be Queen Elizabeth, just to see how far I can use my power. Nice. <laughs> so what, uh, how do you get yourself in state? Like, how do you step into that power and, like, ready to rule your day? 
like YouTube. real fast. Gary Vee, YouTube, Gary Vee. Gary Vee all day, every day. <laughs> you and my husband both. <laughs> like, I'm like, Gary Vee just lives with us. Yeah. Like, Gary, move in. Like, exactly. He, he's he, what I like to imagine my work husband. <laughs> nice. So what message would you want to share with the world? If you were, if you were on, a, on stage and you had a platform to just share with the entire world, your message of, would be? My message would be you can do anything that you want that you put your mind to it. And lastly, how do you crown yourself? Oh, gosh. Uh, just being with my family and, and have lots of fun. Oh, and sec second to lastly, lastly, addendum. Uh, <laughs> if, you had to do, if you had to achieve your success at twice the speed, how would you do it? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, but I don't believe in that, to go at speed with, my, with success. I think success in entrepreneurship is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. So, oh, I want to dive into that just for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's just so juicy. So... How could someone, if they were looking to jump from corporate into entrepreneurship, uh, get something done, be even more effective, that what is a lesson that you could teach them right now? Right now, do your research before you put into that resignation, what you're going to do, or at least have an idea what you're going to do. Always have that open communication with your husband. And in my case, I just leaped because my husband said, I got you covered. <laughs> but if you don't have that luxury and, and you're doing it all by yourself, then yes, the best thing that you can do, I know people say like, oh, have faith and just jump right in. And yes, we would all love to do that. But sometimes you always still need a little reality check. And that is just to always make sure you know what you're jumping into and kind of just have a few ducks in, your, in, in a row. Not to have it all in a row because you can always implement and learn as you go. So that is, yeah, research, research, research is my biggest thing. Awesome. So I know that all of you are like, oh, my gosh, how do I get my hands on this girl? Like, how do I find someone this amazing to help me with all the little things in my business? So, Rachel, tell our audience how they can, how they can connect with you and get to know you and maybe even work with you. Absolutely. So if you just like to follow me around, um, you can check my Instagram at Rachel Everington. And for my website, you can check out theexecutiveninja.com. And if you go to the contact form, I'll just make you fill out a form so I can get to know your business a little bit or what you're looking for for support. And it will di direct you to schedule a call with me. Awesome. Well, I have had so much fun on this interview with Same. you. Same. It's been so enjoyable. I'm, we're going to put like 10,000 fucking dollars into that curse jar. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be so glorious. So thank you all for tuning in. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited for, for everything that you are creating and for all the businesses that you are supporting. You are truly a gem and one of a kind. Thank you so much, Kim, for thank you for having me. I love this, and I can't wait to come back next time and, and have a chat with you and your audience. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. We would love to continue this conversation. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>
Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules. Would be? My message would be you can do anything that you want that you put your mind to it. And lastly, how do you crown yourself? Oh, gosh. Uh, Just being with my family and and have lots of fun. Oh, and second to lastly, lastly, addendum. Uh, (laughs) If you had to do, if you had to achieve your success at twice the speed, how would you do it? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, But I don't believe in that to go at speed with my with success. I think success in entrepreneurship is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. So, oh, I want to dive into that just for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just so juicy. <laughs> so how could someone, if they were looking to jump from corporate into entrepreneurship, uh, get something done, be even more effective, That what is a lesson that you could teach them right now? Right now, do your research before you put into that resignation what you're going to do, or at least have an idea what you're going to do. Always have that open communication with your husband. And in my case, I just leaped because my husband said, I got you covered. (laughs) But if you don't have that luxury and, and you're doing it all by yourself, then yes, the best thing that you can do, I know people say like, oh, have faith and just jump right in. And yes, we would all love to do that. But sometimes you always still need a little reality check and that is just to always make sure you know what you're jumping into and kind of just have a few ducks in your in, in a row not to have it all in a row because you can always implement and learn as you go so that is yeah research 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 is my biggest thing awesome so I know that all of you are like oh my gosh how do I get my hands on this girl like, how do I find someone this amazing to help me with all the little things in my business? So, Rachel, tell our audience how they can how they can connect with you and get to know you and maybe even work with you. Absolutely. So, if you just like to follow me around, um, you can check my Instagram at Rachel Everington. And from my website, you can check out TheExecutiveNinja.com. And if you go to the contact form, I'll just make you fill out a form so I can get to know your business a little bit or what you're looking for for support. And it will direct you to schedule a call with me. Awesome. Well, I have had so much fun on this interview. Same. It's been so enjoyable. Um, We're going to put like $10,000 fucking dollars into that curse jar. Yeah. (laughs) And it's going to be so glorious. So thank you all for tuning in. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited for for everything that you are creating and for all the businesses that you are supporting. You are truly a gem and one of a kind. Thank you so much, Kim, for thank you for having me. I love this, and I can't wait to come back next time and, and have a chat with you and your audience. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. We would love to continue this conversation. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.